and welcome to Movie Go Round, a film discussion podcast that rotates between different themes every week on a five-week schedule. This week's theme, Netflix Roulette. Hello, everybody. My name is Brett Stewart. Joining me, as always, my superb two co-hosts, David Luzader. How are you doing? Uh, I just finished this movie, like... 10 minutes before this podcast so i don't know how i'm doing yet that's kind of the perpetual state i tend to be in when we record i actually watched this earlier because we pushed this recording back due to my work so it forced me to watch it a couple days earlier and i think that was beneficial i think i might start doing that and making a habit of it and someone that does do that is nicole davis how are you that's me because i like time to sit with a movie and think about it for a while before i make up my mind entirely whether i like it or not so well the movie that we have to discuss whether or not we liked it or not is 2014's clown and before we do that i do want to make an announcement of what next week's movie is going to be it's going to be drive what year did that come out nicole 2011 2011 the ryan gosling vehicle driving around (laughs) in a vehicle uh, and it's a future classic. So Nicole is making the argument that the movie is going to be a future classic. The reason I'm laughing is because I have a cat jumping all over me. This is what happens when you record a podcast and you've just moved. But Clown, 2014. Be sure to turn in next week for Drive. Uh, a loving father, played by Andy Powers, becomes a savage killer while wearing a cursed clown costume that won't come off. So... <laughs> Let's talk about this movie. Do I we have to on Netflix a number of times <laughs> because right because I frequent the bad horror section of Netflix. It's really just my second home. So this had been something that I had debated many a time, and this finally threw me into it. And I, it wasn't actually completely horrible, was it? No, I would agree with that. I, I we got to the end of the movie, and I was just like, well, I didn't hate it. <laughs> I didn't love it, right? but I didn't hate it. Yeah, I don't, I, I, you know, it's just not for me, I think is kind of what it comes down to in a yeah, lot of ways. pretty much. Where it's right like, there, there, there is an audience for this movie and it who is. Who is that audience? That is a great, great question. People who see, <laughs> people who see Blumhouse I'm, movies? Yeah, I Surprisingly, say, this is not a Blumhouse movie? No, this is, this is an eli roth produced uh movie and it's oh did you see the other two names of uh, producers on there executive producers no harvey i did weinstein. not harvey weinstein uh, bob and harvey uh, weinstein all right uh well that aside um <laughs> the the better reviews that i saw for this movie were mostly from the um the the people who watch horror all the time mm-hmm. like this the standing horror community uh mainly slasher fans i believe would it get the most out of this movie um i'm much more one for psychological horror than actual physical gore and um you know inventive kills which is I think in the slasher community, what helps make a movie better is if they're at least creative about it. But for me, it's the psychological stuff, which means that I 
I pretty much enjoyed the first like maybe 45 minutes. Oh yeah, there's a there's a definite point in this movie where I stopped like being interested, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, right. It's after Peter Stormare is introduced cuz I, I when Peter Stormare comes on I'm like, "Okay, I'm in." Great, cool. Yeah, you're like, oh, Peter hey, Stormare. It's a real actor in here. Let's go. <laughs> and then uh, he attempts to kill him, and I'm like, cool. Yep, still yeah. in this. And then everything after the car crash is when this yeah. movie started losing me. Yeah, I think I love I Peter Stormare in this movie. You hit it. Yeah, so. I like Peter Stormare in most movies. Um, I would say underused in this movie i guess most movies underused peter stormare i mean this... well i mean he's trying to make up for it by overacting but right this is a movie that has killing kids which is always a tough thing to to enter yes it's a challenging realm to do well and to do without coming off as really icky yeah and actually, speaking of that, speaking of killing kids, um, yeah. I, I went to I'm see concerned. Two last weekend. For the, <laughs> it's a weird transition, but it's relevant. Uh-huh. For those unfamiliar, C2E2 is essentially Comic-Con in Chicago. And I went and I saw Mr. R.L. Stein. First of all, he is still alive. Oh, yeah. And Author of the Goosebumps novels. The most novels. awkward moment of the convention is R.L. Stein alluding to a school shooting in what he thought would be a joke at which point rl stein said to the moderator it's kind of hard for me to write about killing teenagers nowadays you know i guess with the stuff going on but don't don't and then he like grinned at her with a shit-eating grin and she was like oh my god rl stein and the entire audience just like a shiver went through the audience Um, rl stein i imagine that is a difficult thing right like and it's even harder when it's like you're not killing dumb teenagers like he is in Goosebumps or Teen yeah. Horror House Movie, uh, whatever that other series is. Well, Goose, yeah, Goose, generally, Goosebumps was just like creepy things happening to kids. But he has a series all about teenagers. Does he? I don't know. Teenagers, a very popular one. The name escapes me. But I think it is different, right? Like because there's a lot of movies about killing the dumb teenagers in the woods, right? It's Cabin in the Woods. Sure. Yeah. But then there's something different about being killing kids in a Chuck E. Cheese. And let's talk about that. They show up to a Chuck E. Cheese. The, the busiest, like, he's like, it's a Thursday night. Where are kids going to go? Well, apparently, like, the busiest Chuck E. Cheese on a Thursday night that's ever existed. Like, I don't think I've ever seen one that packed on a Saturday. Like that. Oh, I've, I've definitely seen it that packed on a Saturday. Well, yeah. And I love that they can't show you it's Chuck E. Cheese, right? They only show oh, you not. about ten letters of the word in a reflection right and they mentioned they mentioned it in earlier in the film when she's like why are we having the party here why don't we just have it at chuck e cheese why is your kid obsessed with clowns (laughs) that's a good question it is a good question the kid's like seven years old he's got a clown fetish it's weird yeah there's there are killings that happen in a chuck e cheese but i think if you're going to kill kids in a horror movie there's only two ways to do it there's either to make things extra horrific, um, which I I watched one of the Wreck movies. I think it was Wreck Three, and the kids all pack into a bus, and like some of the zombies climb into the bus too. And you're just like, you don't see anything happen. You just hear a lot of screaming, but you're just everyone in the audience is covering their eyes and going, "Oh no!" Yeah, <laughs> they didn't just do that. Oh no. 
and um or you do it for like camp effect you do it for for sort of dark humor value and that's i think those are the only ways you can really do it and not make people feel really gross watching yeah, yeah and this movie does kind of try to like they, they try to ride the line a little bit of like we know how horrible this is like everybody's reacting like this is the worst thing that could ever happen it, it, it is like the worst thing that could ever happen it's right. just yeah it's just so hard when like am i supposed to feel like the bully deserved it oh yes. yeah Oh God, yeah. So for those that need further context, that don't for watch those the that movies, for those that escaped this film, fair. Yeah, you probably don't need to see the movie. Uh, it's an hour and a half long, and it feels needs to put two on, hours. Uh, Halloween costume essentially because his son's clown canceled on the birthday, so he grabs a costume from this house he's selling. He's a realtor, and the house ha- used to be owned by this old man who discovered a haunted clown costume from somewhere in Europe, because that's always where scary things come from. Uh, I think it was like Iceland or something like that. And also yeah, Iceland, right. Iceland. Yeah. Uh, and he puts on the, the costume and the mask and the nose and the hair and he can't take it off. And it gets worse and worse as the demon that lives inside the fibers of this costume slowly envelops his body. Because it's not, it's it gets worse and worse. Yeah. Cause it's not, uh, a costume it is the skin and hair of the demon and putting it on turns you into it right yeah yeah i had a question that i put in our docket which was you know who puts on a clown suit that appears to be made from reptile skin does that seem like the sort of clown costume that's really appropriate for a child's party uh, I, get, <laughs> I would argue no you, you get that you get the feeling like oh he's like he's desperate so he just does it like in the heat of the moment but like who like sees this outfit in a trunk and is like, I'm not at least gonna spray some Febreze on this thing. Like the second he, p- it doesn't. It doesn't. Like, it's not like it comes out like a pristine outfit. No, it comes out like, oh, that's been in a trunk for 50 years. <laughs> and I love the moment when uh, the older, the, the brother of the man who had owned the costume, who had now died, Peter, Peter Stormare. That's why uh, this father was selling this man's house. Says. What were we supposed to do with this costume? We can't put it in the bottom of the ocean. We can't bury it. Yes, you can. Someone else yes, is you going can. to find this horrific costume. So <laughs> let's just leave it in a trunk in the house. And not make specific, like, in the event of my death, here's exactly what happens to this trunk. And, like, the, the trunk itself was secured to the wall, but not locked. Yeah, that's... What? Why? How? I mean, I... You know, I know why, because it looks kind of interesting and cool that this trunk is chained to the wall, but uh-huh. there's no logical reason for it whatsoever. No, no, like, it's not like the trunk was moving by itself and, like, <laughs> I just like to, to imagine... out of the basement. I like to imagine this guy woke up in the middle of the night one time and, like, found the trunk in his living room, like, trying to shimmy its way towards <laughs> the door. He's like, uh-uh-uh, I'm gonna chain you to the wall. Now, ultimately what happens is they discover that the original clown, which they say weirdly, it's like clown. Cloin. Like the <sighs> cloin. The cloin uh, from Iceland. The only way to get the costume off is to eat five children, not kill them, eat them, which I suppose involves the Well, that off. involves killing generally, yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but you couldn't just kill them and not eat them. Yeah. No, he has to, it was, he, yeah, he had, he to, to, he had to consume them. So he gets through three or four, 
it's actually really not clear because the first one he killed the first kid he goes after he doesn't kill he just bites off their finger right that one I, so i have to imagine he killed another kid in the chuck e cheese because the, okay, the the ball that's pit what i wanted to know the ball pit right. had blood in it there's two All there's right. two deaths in the chuck e cheese okay now see this is what i was trying to figure out i was trying to count you know the first kid is the one who gets killed by accident when andy's trying to kill not andy the um stupidest andy's decapitation the machine of Kurt all time dad's name. so yeah kurt tries to build this weird suicide machine Ugh, with insane. two bandsaws and why i don't know he's got to figure out a way to cut off his own head um which so i suppose is tricky because once you get part way done what you pass out and you can't finish the job hang yourself with piano wire Oh, gross. Uh, it's it's self-decapitation. We're not going for grace. I know. Here. I know. But that that would take that that would take a lot of guts to jump off the footstool is all I'm saying. Um Yeah. But they so the kid the there's the kid who dies accidentally. He eats that kid. He <sighs> eats the bully. He eats um he has a kid in the ball pit. He has the there kid, is a dead kid well, in the ball pit. Is there a dead kid in the ball pit? I oh, 100%. Think, I think that he scene... He grabs him down. Right. That, there's a scene where a kid like fall, like goes down into the ball pit, and I'm pretty sure he's grabbing him. No, he says, ew, somebody peed in here. And then there's there's blood on that's, his foot. That's after that. That's, af- that's after the kid gets pulled in. It's actually easy to miss. I rewind it because like one of the kids is going down, and it's showing you what's happening in Chuck E. Cheese, and all of a sudden, one of the kids just gets like slopped underneath the... Yep. Uh, balls yeah it, it, oh. it happens in the background okay so this is the there's the accidental death kid there's the bully there's the ball pit kid there's and there's the kid at the top of the structure that he kills mm-hmm. in the in chuck e cheese correct so that brings us to four which is why when his wife comes to him and she's like come home kurt kirk whatever your name is and he's like you need to bring me one more kid and either bring me a kid to our favorite spot, babe, because yeah, he likes that to, like, was... the demon takes on parts of the husband, apparently. Or I'm going to uh, eat your son. Exactly. Or I'm going to eat your son, Jack. Now, <laughs> she has this weird crisis <laughs> in a Chuck E. Cheese parking lot deciding which kid she's going to kidnap. Yeah. Which is one of the most uncomfortable moments of the movie. And I, yeah, this is where it gets icky. Yeah, and I, and I, I do appreciate that she like changed her mind on it, uh, but it still was like, oh, we're really gonna try and cross this bridge, okay? Yeah, I had a bunch of questions about that. I mean, this is this is clearly a writer's convenience because mm. there's this girl who appears to be like maybe ten, maybe eleven at the outside, but still old enough to know better than to ask someone she doesn't know for a ride home right rather than say walking over to the cops i mean she is a, a like white any girl, of the number so of firefighters there. Fine going to the cops for help so she you know rather than going to the cops for help and waiting with them for one of her parents to come get her she catches a ride with a dental hygienist that she barely recognizes doesn't know her own address doesn't know where her house is can't tell her where her house is and then falls asleep in the car so that the woman how's the woman supposed to find her house if this kid falls asleep in the car can't 
tell her, I think it's over that way, or no, this isn't the right neighborhood. Yes, this seems like the right area. You know, it's just, it's it's a mess, and it's just one convenience after another yeah. that lets the mother take this girl to the, you know, wooded area. The favorite, and, where, and where, we, where we have to assume Jack was conceived. Right. <laughs> That's right. It's their favorite spot. I can't think of any right. other reason that'd be their favorite spot. Ugh. This movie like skips over any characterization. Like we get no time with this family or this guy before the clown suits on him. And then like, yeah, I mean, no, it's I appreciate like the that second they, scene. Yeah. Right. I appreciate that. They want to get this movie going, but and they're it, not going to they waste just, time. Right. But, which is why like the second half kind of feels like such a drag. Cause everything is like well underway. And now we're just like stewing in it. Yeah. Uh, what was I? Oh, man. I was going to say something, but that's not good radio. So someone else can go ahead. Well, and what talk I want to talk about with this mom is she brings up for me one of the underlying problems of a lot of poorly written horror movies, which is what happens after the fact. Because ultimately, what does happen is she goes to drop off this little girl in the middle of the woods, realizes that the clown was never there to begin with. It had immediately gone for her uh, son, Jack. So she runs home. Her dad's there. Her dad is there bringing Jack there, despite her asking him not to. And the dad's like, oh, I'll just clean up all the blood of whatever your husband killed. No, 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 no. It is is not whatever your husband killed. It is you killed your husband and I'm going to cover for you. That is what he is is implying. That's what her dad believes. Yeah. Yeah. Which, what the hell? Oh, I I thought it was like, oh, he killed somebody. We don't know where he is. I'm going to cover this up. No, the the dad was like, oh, honey, finally, you killed your husband. Don't worry. I'm going to clean it up for you. Right, right. Your your daddy's little girl before he just gets destroyed by the clown. I think one of the only times the clown actually does kill an adult. Yeah, uh, for no too. real, I mean, for no particular reason. I don't know. Had you seen their relationship prior to that? Uh, Maybe yeah. it wasn't the clown killing him. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Maybe it was Kurt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is one of those things where it was it was clear in the movie from minute one that the father, that the, the wife's father had never, ever approved of the husband. Yeah. To the point where he's like, like ready to celebrate when he's dead. Yeah, like, and you finally. Why? You know what little we get of Kurt's personality before the the demon starts taking him over. As much as I, as much as I love this, his name is Kent. <laughs> Kent. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Kent. As much as I would love that, like someone who loves this movie is listening to this right now, and it's like, come on, (laughs) everyone! If you love this movie and 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 are yelling at us, then I'm sorry, Kent. So Kent, before Kent gets taken over, we see that he's a thoughtful businessman who works well with his contractors. He Uh is a good, um, a a, a dutiful husband and father. Kind enough, Dad, that when the kid's clown doesn't show up for his party, he's willing to like try to improvise a clown suit for yeah. himself to go stand in for it. And he shows up at the party and he acts like a clown, Dumbo the Clown. Dumbo, Dumbo, which should have been the name of this movie. Ah, uh, that's true. That would have been better. That, but Dumbo. Ugh, I hate it yeah. so much. It's a it's a <laughs> terrible name. It's a terrible clown name. 
but you know he gives it his best shot and you know more power to you for trying to make your kid happy yeah but that's all we get of his personality oh yeah nicole you're absolutely right there's no logical reason for this at least on screen from what we see for this father to really despise him the way that he does and this leads me into what i ultimately wanted to get to which is at the very end of this movie after the father's killed by the clown it leaves the mother to fight her husband slash clown demon ultimately uh managing to kill him and decapitating him with a sledgehammer uh i i they just apparently have in their home i well i think it was it was oh that's true it was their home yeah, yes. that is a little confusing. I, and, like, the basement was entirely cleared out. Uh, I do appreciate, though, that, like, she did that killing blow. Because, like, like, like you said, like, a lot of movies would just be, like, they're going to get that, he's going to get that last kid, and then, like, it's going to come off his body, and it's going to be like, well, now everything's back to normal until next time someone puts the suit on. Like, I appreciate that they, like, no, like, the kid's like, that's not dad. And it's like, yeah, that you could never live with that man okay. again. <laughs> knowing like you you ate five kids like right right but like what i'm what i'm ultimately getting to though is that the cops show up at the end of the movie and it's that classic shot of like the mother and the son crouched on the ground covered in blood it's she's definitely lost that kid that she was carrying there's no way that baby survived that because she's pregnant by the way it's another element of this um and She's going to prison, right? Like, she has a decapitated husband there. Because bear in mind that as soon as he actually dies and becomes decapitated, all this crazy stuff kind of melts off his face in a weird pool of rainbow blood. So it just looks like she killed her husband who was in a clown costume. Her father's just mysteriously dead. And all of a sudden, you can probably connect a million different things here when they do an autopsy on this guy and there's dead children in him. So, I mean, I think I think you could get a self-defense claim in there. I don't think she, I think she could get out of jail time. OK, I, yeah. I just I, this is always one of those things for me with horror movies where I watch at the end and I'm like, yeah, maybe I had fun on this ridiculous journey, but I don't find anything that's now going to happen afterward believable. Yeah. Like. How is that just going to end? The, and like, I don't know. That that bothered me a bit. The one part of this movie I did find entertaining, um, since we're kind of on that train, is when he attempts to kill himself with the revolver, oh, yeah. and there's a spray of <laughs> rainbow blood on the back. I'm like, I laughed. I yeah. <laughs> laughed out loud because you know he's. I'm like, you know he's not dead, but just like the fact that like your blood apparently turned into rainbow blood. Uh, Which is the same rainbow blood that the dog has because the family dog, when his wife yanks the nose off of him, uh, eats the nose and uh, the dog goes crazy and turns into like a crazy ass clown demon dog, which there's not like there's I don't really get why that happened or the point of it. There was no point of it. No, there is no point to it. It's just an additional I don't know, horrific element where they have to decapitate the dog. Yeah, or Peter, where Peter Stormare comes in and chops this dog's head off. Also, right. that's another question at the end of the movie. What happens to Peter Stormare? This mother, he's helping you. He is the only person that believes you. He's the only person that knows what's going on. And you leave him in a crime scene in a Chuck and, E. Cheese. And where, like, where the cops are showing up like that moment. And he either got shot 
because they were like drop your weapon drop it and like he's like covered in blood or yeah he got arrested i don't know that that's one thing that kind of needed some follow-up i think (laughs) i don't like the mother in this movie i just don't i i feel like she's handling this poorly and i understand that there's not probably a better way there's not really a a guidebook on like so your husband has been possessed by a demon clown Yeah, there's not really a, a section of the bookstore for that. Surprisingly. Uh, right. Although I did kind of imagine her trying to take him to a priest or something. That's oh, what that I thought. Good. That's what I thought was happening, you know, when she goes to I guess it's Peter Stormare's house uh-huh. um mm-hmm. and is poking around in the basement and finds this setup for the metal chair. Right. Where he had been chained up uh when he had the suit on i thought for sure that on that videotape there was going to be like some sort of exorcism right yeah instead you just have the brother like i guess feeding him terminally ill children yep yeah that happens in this movie not not on camera (laughs) we don't see that happen but no it's alluded it's, to it's uh, like well you know these kids are on death's door anyway so yeah yeah and there's just is, uh, is it really that surprising though that the guys that just own an unreasonable amount of mannequins <laughs> are the ones that ran into this costume <laughs> no i it, uh, there's so much like about like the interesting like the implications of what the brother did and like dealing with the fallout of it that like i'm way more interested in that story than a guy in a clown costume running around eating children (laughs) maybe we need an origin story maybe we need dare i say a prequel oh god please no this movie barely made any i don't think it even made its budget back or it it did but it, 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 it didn't make enough to like be profitable well i mean the only reason this was released in the u.s is because it was directed by john watts yes john watts was the director of a small indie movie called cop car with kevin bacon that Mm -hmm. did pretty well and um as seems to be the pattern lately again white guy with a mildly successful indie movie gets handed a giant franchise and he directed spider-man homecoming yes Oh, wow. Okay. There you so, go. uh, that's why clown got released. I think it this, this was released like three or four years after it was made. Yeah. It came out in, it was made, I think it came out in Italy in 2014. Uh, and then it didn't get it to, to the United States until 2016. Yeah. It took a couple of years. Well, let's have a deeper topic of conversation into the philosophical nature of filmmaking than this movie really deserves uh (laughs) a lot of the negative reviews for clown use the term mean spirited do you believe that it is what makes a horror movie mean spirited this is something that nicole discovered and she's right like i went on imdb i was reading through reviews and i saw mean spirited a couple times and i i was really racking my brain because i was like yeah horror it's supposed to be mean spirit but at least for me what it was was I think it ties into what Nicole was alluding to at the beginning of the program, which is there's certain, there's only certain ways you can kill children in a horror movie. And since this really doesn't go down any of that avenues, it just comes off as like the cheap killing of kids. And maybe that's, what's mean spirited about it is that it's not inventive about just killing children. I don't know. What do you guys think? (sighs) 
it's 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 a yeah yeah it's difficult is this movie mean-spirited i don't know uh because it's not like that 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 first kill when the kid gets uh, killed by a razor blade shooting out and it goes through his midsection and he decides like uh well you know he gives he gives into the hunger like that to me like exploring that of like what does that psychologically do to somebody and like that kid obviously had parents like there is a lot there that doesn't ever get followed up on i'm more interested in that but then it just it devolves into like child killing and i guess that's kind of i I think because it's kids dying that's where people are getting that word and they're like it's mean when kids die because they're the innocent ones we have to gotta we gotta protect the innocents yeah i mean i think that's i don't believe that it is mean-spirited but i think it got called that because you know one of the one of the deaths is this is a bully so i mean in that that's the only one where people would be like yeah that kid's a jerk why not you know he's he's already you know he's like 12 and he's cursing up a storm and and he's being nasty are his parents well it's i they're probably at work you know, like, it's after school. But they, but he, like so. Peter Stormare and the wife get there pretty late. Like it's pretty dark out by the time they get there. I don't know. I don't know where the the first kid's parents are. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's no parents in this movie. Yeah, he's like latchkey kid or something, and he dies accidentally. So that's okay for the clown demon guy to eat because the kid's already dead. I don't know, but I think it's considered mean spirited because there's no. There's there's no like there's nothing to balance these kids getting killed like there's no it doesn't do any good to anybody else except the demon it's not like it's a sacrifice that has to be made to save millions or like it's there's it's not done for camp value these kids are just killed and eaten and they're they haven't done anything bad and they're not you know so it's yeah it's it's but it doesn't revel in it that's why i don't think it's mean-spirited it doesn't show you gruesome creative kills of children yeah so in fact you never actually see him eating a child uh you do see him bite Mm -hmm. that one kid's fingers off okay you see what i'm saying is like you never see him like nomin on into the like the chest cavity <laughs> like you see well, the aftermath I, I don't know i thought i saw him nomin on a kid in the chuck e cheese yeah well, that's one of those things well, where yeah, like, he, like like he like covers but i do get what nicole's saying though yeah yeah he's like crouched over the kid right so. and like and there's that right. thing that happens where apparently when you like <laughs> puncture somebody like blood just explodes out of them right that's, of but, course right exactly have you ever, also let's just talk about that random little girl who is climbing around in this maze and she's thing like, and, don't go up there and she's like don't go up there to this one <laughs> kid that's trying to find his brother or friend that is being killed by the clown why is she not more concerned about whatever she saw up there <laughs> what did she see up there that she's uh, did she just see that guy and was like hey hey dude don't don't go up there I, well it's covered yeah. in blood up there and the kid doesn't even notice it when he's walking up. He's, oh, yeah. There's like handprints like, of blood everywhere. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And the kid doesn't even notice. So like, and first of all, I don't even think Chuck E. Cheese like maze things. Those, that thing was that huge. And tall and long and like dark. They cannot comfortably yep. fit adult males. I just, why would I know that? <laughs> 
Um, they can. Do, can they? <laughs> I can tell you from personal experience. Hey, you, I mean, you, you, yeah, you most likely have had to climb up there. Than I there. Um, they, I mean, they have to be able to fit in there in case some oh, kid that's gets true. lost or freaks out and needs to be it retrieved. Just, it just seems so large and luxurious in there. Well, that's they're large and luxurious. Job, right? Like Go this. retrieve the kid freaking out because he can't find his way out of the ball maze thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's got to be the worst job when you're 16. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I, I I don't think it is mean spirited, but I understand perhaps why people might make that argument about it. It's, it I don't this movie would make people inventive. No, um, and maybe that's to its benefit and detriment because, like, to its detriment, it's not terribly interesting, but to its benefit, it's maybe not great to get like really on screen experimental when killing kids. I don't know. Like, it's it's dicey yeah. territory. And the famous words of R.L. Stein last Saturday. Yeah, you wouldn't want it to turn into hostile for eight-year-olds, you know? Right. right. <laughs> Jesus. That would be bad. Uh, yeah, and it's... it's. I like that there's not really a resolution of this movie, then nobody wins. I do like that about it. <laughs> uh, I mean, we all win. That earlier. Because, you know, the dude's dead. Right. Like, like, humanity and, wins. Like, I totally thought, just like everyone else, oh, he'll get the fifth kid. And I actually thought the fifth kid would be inside of her i thought that he would like well, grab he, it and he kind of was going for that right would, that would be it he like he he like kind of like started digging into her stomach because he could like smell that she was pregnant and he was like and then she was like run other child i will sacrifice to protect this one right even though she there's again like i said earlier there's no way that unborn child lived through that because uh, she was also thrown across a room but i totally thought that would be the fifth kid uh, and they kind of set it up for that to be the case. That that but, would yeah, that would have been a bridge too far, I think. Um, yeah, I, gar- I guarantee. I guarantee too far. I guarantee there was a draft of this movie where that happened. He eats the fetus, or like, and someone's he, like, nah. yeah, he like starts or like, and somebody was like, you know, you can't do that, right? Like, you can't put that <laughs> in a movie because uh, it's like John Watts and one other guy are like the director or were the screenwriters, and yeah, I guarantee one of them like pitched that, and the other one. Hopefully, luckily, it was like, no. Right, no. right. But I thought I that's where they were going. Wrong. They allude to it. It doesn't go there. And at the end, she just has to kill her husband. Mm-hmm. Right. No so big deal. That's right. Yeah, no biggie. Just kill the guy that you're, you know, in love with and were had a child with. And we're about to have a second have child with. And, and Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, there's no way. There's no way that like, you could like have a life with that guy, <laughs> ever. No, no. How do you go back after that? You just you can't. Yeah. So that would, the marriage would have ended so, eventually. So was was the was the woman like your dad figured it out? Go get the book and like get the chains. It was, yeah. Didn't she say that? Like, what? Where did that come did, from? To her, to her son. What was that? Well, when she had no the... idea, she was telling her, yeah, they like wanted to like lock him up when she got him on the ground before he started like getting back up. Yeah, she got uh, the chain around his neck. Like, right, right, right. And, and then it turned from like, let's lock him up to let's kill him because there's apparently no other option. Also, that's not how heads work. I don't care if you're a demon or not a demon. That's not how heads come it, off. It seemed like there's a spinal column in there. You know? <laughs> well, she had to rip shit. They, she had to tear that out after. No, that, that does not stretch like silly putty like that. I'm not buying that. 
Uh, yeah, I think realism kind of wasn't the point of this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm I fighting suppose. a losing battle here. Um, uh, boy, yeah. I mean, it, it kind of dug into his neck a little bit, you know, when uh, when he was like trying to launch himself towards Jack, and you could see it like digging in there. So he'd done some of that pre work. I guess. We're really running out of things to talk about, aren't we? <laughs> I'm trying. You know, we're talking about the the pre work he's done by uh, <laughs> running forward with a chain around his it, neck. It's it's hard because like it's like yeah, we could talk about specific like scenes in this movie that are just like kind of ridiculous or like not like just kind of I don't know whatever. But there's not really like like this is a you, this is a movie that you watch and then forget. You know, you don't. <laughs> I, if, if, if this is somebody's favorite movie, please explain to me why. But yeah, I, I even, mean, this is this is the hazard of Netflix roulette is getting just kind of middle of the road stuff. It's not fantastic. It's not terrible. It's just sort of there. Um, you know, it's playing with the this one's playing with the the Krampus legend a little bit with the demon that kills bad children, but these children aren't bad, and except for like one. <laughs> um, but I mean, it does, I, di- I did still want to, want to ask, I don't think we quite finished with, you know, is what, what makes a horror movie mean spirited or any movie mean spirited? That's a tough oh, question. No, what, what, I mean, if <laughs> making a movie mean spirited, I think um, would have to be something along the lines of, uh, like uh, specifically attacking a person or group of person for no real discernible reason, I guess just being like very in your face of like, like you have a movie that's like very obviously about how black people are evil. And like, we sh- it's a good idea to like kill black people. Like that would be a mean spirited movie. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's what do you guys think? I think for me, uh, in order to be mean-spirited, it has to have, like, really, really over-the-top aggressiveness in its gore and in its death and in its shock value that takes itself seriously, right? Like, it's fun if you do that stuff and you don't take yourself seriously. I was telling Nicole before the show about that new Netflix movie, The Babysitter. It has all oh, of that. Oh, I want to watch. I heard, that's really, I heard that's really funny, though. <laughs> It's hilarious, though, because it doesn't take itself seriously. It owns that. But if the movie was taking itself seriously and it gave itself a a pretentious aura of like, yeah, this is gory. You're scared right now, aren't you? Um, I feel like that perhaps can get mean spirited. I don't know. It's hard because I there are very few movies I've ever seen where I felt like they were being mean to me. <laughs> Maybe Mother. <laughs> I think Mother's a little mean spirited. Hmm. No, we could have a we could have long talks about that movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, to me, mean spirited. To is like, hmm. yeah, it's not it's not an easy question. I because I, no, I think it's kind of something no. that it kind of varies. Like for some people, child killing is mean spirited. Right. No, I mean, like I find. Some, if not all, of the Saw movies mean-spirited. 
like some of the stuff that happens in Final Destination movies, I think, is mean spirited. I mean, they're going in both of those uh, franchises. They're going for the most creative kills that they can. Yeah. And that's something that's that's valued by part of the horror community is at least they're trying to to be creative in some way. But there's no. Some of them, there's no redemptive aspect to it. Like the whoever the protagonist is doesn't learn anything or there isn't really a protagonist. It's just, or there's nothing to learn. Right. There's nothing to be learned. There's nothing to, nobody changes. It's, it's just there for torment. And right. I would, I would say like the hostile movies, which is like, what is, what is, what is the entire point of this is like, let's show a needle going into somebody's eye really up close like that. Why? Because, uh, like that, that, cause that's bloody and gross. Like not, not to talk ahead of a movie that like we haven't watched yet. Um, but I know a lot of people, you know, drive has some very, uh, there's some violence. Yeah. Wait, but, Uh, but yeah. a lot of people have argued like that that has a point and like that they're trying to show you something with that violence where some of these movies we're talking about don't try to show you something with that violence. There's two movies I can think of upon further reflection that I think are mean spirited in the horror community. Uh, the first, which I have seen, is Cannibal Holocaust, which is considered oh, to be like the infamous. Yeah. It's I so bad, it's bad horror that. movie. And. That came off as mean spirited to me because it was trying so hard to ruin my life that it got temporarily banned in the U.S. and they had to have court trials over whether or not the stuff in the movie was real. Well, and because they actually be- did end up killing an animal in the movie. Yeah, and like didn't a real animal kill. Yeah, and they um, like they talked like they, the director had the actors not leave their house, so people would like question whether or not it was real or stuff like that for no reason. Yeah, so that comes off as mean-spirited to me. And also, having seen the film, I, there's there's nothing redeeming about it in any way, shape, or form. It is uninventive, gore-porn found footage made well before that was a popular thing, because that movie came out in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other film I can think of is a Serbian film, which I have not oh, seen. Uh, and I'm so glad I have not seen, because that does involve a lot it plays it's from what i've heard of, it, it plays disgusting. around a lot with like necrophilia and pedophilia and like rape and i feel like those are things that can very quickly be mean-spirited in horror yeah yeah uh, i forgot about a serbian film i think that I, I read the wikipedia entry on it one time and was like why would somebody do that and there are people oh, who it like, is oh my god like uh, <sighs> the wikipedia yeah. entry if you dare even read the plot synopsis uh-huh. will explain to you why you never need to see that movie well, and I, that's my final frontier that i will never cross <laughs> i am okay with horror movies up until that point and there's and there are which, people no, I'm out. there are people who like argue like the extreme blood and violence is like what makes a good horror you know horror movies uh, equate in a lot of ways to like metal music where metal music has a giant divided fan bases like well i'm really into like grindcore metal or like 
uh, like black metal, death metal, stuff like that. My melodic metal. There's like different kinds of metal, and I feel like horror movies kind of have that same thing. Where it's like, well, I like the psychological thriller. I like the oh, yeah, I like the the slasher films. And for some people, it's like I like the gory movies. Like that's that's what's interesting. And like that's not horror though. Mm-hmm. That's just torture porn, as it's been said a million times. But it's true. Well, I, right. I don't know. I think not always. I think sometimes gore has a point. But if the point um, of your movie is gore, is what I'm saying. Well, yeah, okay. If that's the entire point of your movie, then you, I agree with you. Then no, it's got... Yeah, like, for you know, example, we watched... there needs watch, to be some value to it. Like, it's teaching yeah, like we you something. we watched The Midnight Meat Train. <laughs> that was not a great film. No. But I wouldn't argue that it's completely without merit. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to be artistic, at least. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know if it always succeeded, but it, that's what it was trying no, again, to do. Not a great movie. But, <laughs> um, yeah, and another another thing I would shout out, and I know Nicole will echo me as having seen this on Twitter last night, is Nicole and I went and both saw a PG-13 horror movie this week, uh, A Quiet Place, which is amazing. It yeah, is really so good. It's so well done. It's so inventive. It is not it, – it has some blood. It's not at all gory, I don't, I think. Uh, and that falls into the realm of psychological and is a little bit aggressive when it needs to be. And it's very effective. Uh, so you don't need to have that stuff to be horror, I think. I think that gets overlooked a lot. And in fact, I bought these tickets just fully being like, oh, this is our movie. I'm going to see some gore. I'm going to see something come out of the woods and just destroy John Krasinski and stuff. And like, no, a- after going and seeing the movie, I was shocked to look at my ticket stub and realize it was PG-13. And then I thought yeah, about it too. and it made perfect sense to me. So, yeah, I need to see yeah, it's, movie. it's Yes, you do need to see it. <laughs> it's very good. It's very intense. David, see it. um, I'm working on it. It builds and sustains tension for an insanely long period of time. Um. Yes, it does. And also, diversity shout out, I'm sure, because it actually has a young girl who is deaf, and they built the entire movie around making it authentic for her. Yeah, John Krasinski was very, like, big on, like, we need to have an actual deaf actress for this role. Yes. Yeah, so cool. Um, But to not digress too far down that line... I think this is a really good, interesting discussion to have, right? Because there are so many times where I hear people say... What? It's more interesting than clown. Oh, yeah. It's way more interesting than clown. But there are so many times where I hear people say, like, oh, I hate horror just because I hate, you know, people getting killed and it being gory. And there's times when I find that fun and I enjoy some of those movies. Like, I don't really like the Saw movies. I think Saw 2 is a really well-written movie. I think that the twists in Saw 2 are excellent. Yeah, I mean, I've heard I've heard the first Saw is a pretty good psychological, has some pretty good psychological elements. I can't speak to the movie as a whole. I don't know what the gore is like in that. But I, I know people like thought of that as a really like actual thoughtful sort of movie. Uh, it's the tamest of the <laughs> seven, eight, nine of them or right, whatever. Ex- exactly. Um, but keep in mind, like, they're not just, they try to not purely be gore for gore's sake because the whole idea is that these are all people who need to right their wrongs and all that stuff. The first the point two, I'm getting yes. at is like, like when I think of my mother, we'll use my mother as the classic example here of someone who had never watched this movie. Hi, mom. Uh, when she thinks of gore, she thinks of something like like this or something even worse than this. And there's other stuff in horror. I think my mom could see A Quiet Place and not be 
horrified by it. I think she'd be right. it would be anxious by it and stressed out by it like the rest of us. I don't think she'd walk away from it with endless nightmares of gore. And I think that that gets bogged down too much in modern horror because there aren't enough movies necessarily that are like a quiet place that really are a horror film that you can go into and walk out of and be like, wow, that was profoundly good. Mm -hmm. And that's missing in horror, I think to an extent. And, uh, and this movie is kind of in just the weird middle road. I don't know. It, yeah, yeah. it is. It is a movie that you are up late on a Saturday, you know, for people who are going to watch this kind of movie, it's like you're up late on a Saturday night. You've got two screens going. One, you're like got, you know, a video game that you're playing and the other you're putting on like a bad horror movie to have on in the background or like, oh, we're going to have friends over and watch cheesy bad horror movies. Like this is not a movie that I, I see people sitting down and being like, I'm going to watch a thoughtful film about a clown. <laughs> Which is probably the as Nicole said, the curse of Netflix roulette, right? This is the kind of thing you are going to find on Netflix at two in the morning and just watch because it looks interesting enough. Uh, so I think really what I want people to take away from this is just go see it. Like, <laughs> Wait, you mean oh, it's, you it's, want a frightening clown movie. it's a clown movie? If you want a frightening clown movie, you'll get something out of that, I think. Uh, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on this movie as we wind <laughs> down here? Eh. <laughs> nah. yeah if pretty much as soon as the movie ended i watched it with my kids um and i have to say like part way through this movie after he tries to kill himself i paused it to go make dinner and i was sure the movie was like two-thirds of the way over oh, yeah. and it was still an hour no, no yeah you were barely that. into the film when that happens yeah. and yeah. i was just like oh no <laughs> um Say, I got to, I, we finally got to the end and my kids looked at me and I looked at them and it's just like, well, I didn't hate it. Didn't love it. It's, it's there. You know, it was parts of it were interesting and parts of it were boring and parts of it were just, eh. You know, the, the horror effects, the, the actual makeup for the demon was interesting. Yeah, but it's really yeah. hard to make something that looks kind of like a clown utterly terrifying. You know, I think they went too too far in distorting the whole face so that it didn't look even vaguely human anymore. Really, oh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, because ultimately, it had the one horn like a unicorn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it had like one horn like a unicorn, and it looked kind of like it was wearing this weird party hat. So, to <laughs> yeah. me, because it was supposed to be a clown. So, I mean, it that I think that took away from it. I think it was a, a well-made makeup. Uh, you know, kudos to the the makers. I think it was well well-made, and you couldn't see the lines, but it it just took away. It wasn't scary to me. So. Yeah, yeah. Like there was parts when it's like you could see like the transformation happening in the middle parts of the movie that was like, oh, that's actually like pretty well done makeup. And then once yeah, it got into like, are going weird and- yeah, once it like there's lines around his face and like once it went into full blown uh, creepy clown demon, I was like, no, nah, I checked out of this movie a long time ago already and this is not right. bringing me back. Yeah, I can't say I would recommend it really. Yeah. And that, I think for me, the aesthetic of the clown in the latter half of the movie probably comes from deciding the pull from that like old European folklore style similar to Krampus where it really does go in that like weird direction with the aesthetic of the way the clown's supposed to look and you know like I said earlier I think 
I think Pennywise is effective because he looks like the clown that's at your birthday party. I think that's yeah. why Pennywise is scary. Um, so, and you know, because Pennywise has like demon things to him, right? Like his mouth and stuff when he bites kids. Also, oh, another yeah. kid eating thing, actually. Um, but they like it shows up and then goes away, right? He's not like that all the time. And I think that that's what makes him effective um, because that was one of the more interesting horror movies of recent memory and something getting a sequel next year. Uh, but wonderful clown 2014. <laughs> next week is drive. Hopefully there's a much more enthusiastic uh, response to that because Nicole is claiming it is a future classic. And for those of you that aren't familiar, future classics are where we watch something that has come out within the last 10 years that one of our hosts believe will be in the echelon of fine movies and cinema many, many years mm. down the line. Let's go around the table, though. David Luzader, where can people find you online? Uh, they can, of course, always find me on the Heck Yeah Comics podcast, heckyeahcomics.com. And you can find me on the Brokebot Mountain podcast. By the time this episode comes out, we should be deep into the new season of Westworld and be talking about that, which I'm very much looking forward to. And, of course, you can follow me around the internet under the username DavLuz. That is D-A-V-L-U-Z. So Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, find me there. Right on. Very good. Looking forward to Westworld coming back. Oh, yes. Nicole, where can people find you? You can find me shepherding our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Podcast. I also look after our old uh, show's page, Geek Cinema Society. You can find that as well. And you can find me on Twitter under Your Word Wiz, and that's Y-O-U-R-W-O-R-D-W-H-I-Z. Right on. Very good. My name is Brett Stewart. Find me on brettdavidstewart.com, on Twitter, at Rivers Rubin. Connect with me there, and we want you to connect with us. Do you have something to say about the program or something about the film that we watch? We'd love to hear from you. Movie go round at tiltingwindmillstudios.com. Hit us up. You can rate us on iTunes and Twitcher. Uh, not Twitcher. Stitcher as well. <laughs> Though maybe we'll do this on Twitch someday. Email us. Let us know if you'd like to see us live here and there. Maybe we'll do it. Uh, but on Stitcher, you can go ahead and rate us as well. We will see you next week with Drive. <laughs> <laughs>